This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Marketing Profs. Do you have the right stuff? Unleash your inner writer by downloading the latest Marketing Profs Marketing Writing Kit for free. You'll find it in the show notes, but you can go to mprofs.com forward slash duct tape. Welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guests, plural, today are Kevin Jordan and Mark Fortune. They happen to be a couple duct tape marketing consultants who have, with several other duct tape marketing consultants, written a book called The Small Business Owner's Guide to Local Lead Generation. So Mark and Kevin, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us, John. Thanks. Well, so... I always like to pick on the title first. You know, everybody knows they need lead generation. You guys have stuck the word local in there um, in, in the title. And so I wonder, you know, is there a difference between local lead generation and just kind of everyday lead generation? Yeah, well, I think we we felt like there was. I think what happened was um, there's five of us who have co-authored the book. And in just some of our back and forth and working together in the network, we all sort of realized that we're all working with clients that are local businesses. And Sometimes they face some unique and um, uh, common struggles across just the local spectrum. And these days, especially in the online world, you know, you can really narrow down your focus as to who your local market is. So if you're a local veterinarian clinic, you're not really concerned with marketing outside of a, you know, three to five mile radius of where your business is. So they're very specific things, especially in the online world, that you need to worry about in order to bring in the right kind of uh, customers to your business. And that's really where we focus in on the local aspects in this book. Yeah, and I've actually, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, before we had the internet really as a as a you know, foundational tool uh, or a website at least. And I, I do think there was initially there was that feeling that, oh, if you're trying to sell globally, you, you need to be online and that's a big deal. But now if you, you know, if people shop around the world, certainly, but they also shop across the street, um, you know, using all these internet tools. So it's, it really has become, I think, hyper important for local businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And I would add to what Mark said that, you know, in addition to the online elements, which are you know, very important these days, there's a lot of offline marketing tactics that are available to local businesses that um, a business that's not particularly local simply can't use or, you know, can't really use well. And we get into some of those in the book, uh, especially when it comes to direct mail and referrals and, and those kinds of things. Yeah, and I think that's a great point, too, because I think a local business, as you pointed out, I think one of the advantages is when they start combining all of these things. And so they use you know their offline tools to drive people maybe online to get more information to then drive them into their store. Um, and, and that's where I think the real power comes is when you're, you're integrating all of these things. Yeah, and it's, and it's so important to keep in mind, you know, if you're a local business owner, that, you know, probably well over half of your potential customers and ideal customers are carrying a smartphone right. that is location aware. 
and you know they're they're searching for your type of business while in the car or in the office and they're not on a desktop computer doing it so that local aspect of of what you're doing and being able to be found quickly by the search engines is just critical these days well and also you imagine when you pull your phone out and you're driving around you have pretty high buying intent too so (laughs) right you know it's like i want to find this thing that i'm looking for and i'm going to go buy it right now um and so you know that makes that even more important i think so, so you guys both uh, consult with small businesses. What are, what are some of the common mistakes, in, 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 maybe just g- generally, uh, when we're speaking about marketing that that you encounter, you know, on a daily basis? Mark, you want to take that one first? Sure. I, I think one of the things I, I see very, very often across my client base is a real tendency to jump on marketing tactic of the week. Mm. Um, uh, sometimes it's just of their own. Um, um, research and, and their own searching, and sometimes it's they're trying, they're being sold um, an advertising program by a vendor that, and they don't fully understand. But you know, there'll be a rush to, oh man, we have to get on Facebook, or oh, we've got to do pay per click, or oh, we've really got to figure out Twitter this week. And there's very little cohesive strategy that goes into it. And we all know small business owners are yanked a million directions at once, so it's hard to really focus on that on that plan and, and nailing down really where you want to go and how you're going to get there. So I, I very commonly see a real a real tendency to just jump on one tactic for a little while. And one thing that uh, you know, I agree 100% with what Mark said, and one thing I'll add to that is um, that a lot of times, and I think this is a very tragic mistake, is that small business owners get connected with a marketing uh person i hate to use the word professional because i wouldn't because that would imply something yeah that would imply something (laughs) they get connected with a marketing person who is um, not fully qualified to do what they're doing and in fact just last week i did a consultation with a local independent insurance agency who had just launched a new website and nowhere on the entire website did it say anything about where the business was located and if you know anything about search engine optimization for local businesses, you know that that information needs to be in multiple locations on every single page of the website. Well, you know, the thing that's funny about that is that's not just search engine optimization. That's just good manners. Yeah, you common know? sense. <laughs> I mean, it's like, how am I going to find you? Yeah, and not only that, but this particular web designer was uh, charging this you know, business owner over $300 a month for a quote-unquote search engine optimization package. Mm. So I don't know what was going to be in that package, but it's kind of like selling someone a car and then telling them that the engine is going to cost extra. Yeah. Um, and I, I see this a lot where business owners just don't know how to hire the right marketing people. And you know, if someone reads this book, I hope that if nothing else, what they get out of it is knowing what questions they need to ask before hiring someone to help them with their marketing. You know, you um, speak about as many, many marketing related books do these days a lot about content. And in fact, you talk about out publishing, you know, the competition, I will say, and you've certainly experienced that. I think a lot of small business owners generally are buying that now and understanding the value of that, but it is still probably the, it's probably the hardest work for them. It's a, it's the part that they struggle with the most. I mean, how can we make this idea of content marketing something that a small business owner can actually wrap their arms around? Yeah, I think one of the important things and something we really try to point out in the book is to not get intimidated by the the notion of content. And I think 
I think small business owners tend to think that means they've got to stare in front of a blank computer screen with an empty Word doc every Monday morning and figure out how to crank out a thousand words by 9 a.m. for a blog post, and that's right. just not the case. I mean, one of the tactics that I've I've got a, a newer client that's a, a local landscaping service, and when I said content to him, he nods his head because he knows he has to do it, but you can tell it's just overwhelming him the idea that he has to do all of this. And I start simply, right? What are the 10 most frequently asked questions right. your customers ask you on every job you get? Write those answers down. There's 10 blog posts right there. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can break it down into very common um, themes and, and really start to tackle this. Yeah, or one of my favorites is what are the questions they should be asking you? But they don't know even right. to ask you. But you know that if if they asked that or if you were able to provide the information on that, that would help differentiate you and it would help them get to a, a better understanding. I, I see you guys uh, talk about you know FAQs and uh, I can't remember the acronym you used for what I'm talking about now. But I, I, I coined the term um, frequently unasked questions, uh, but then I found the acronym didn't, didn't play very well in some places. <laughs> We call them yeah. SAQs. You <laughs> should ask questions. Yeah. I was just drawing that out. I'm like, no, that won't work. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't want to pronounce it phonetically or something. That's right. <laughs> but um, but I think that's a great point too. And um, you you talk about in the book this idea um, of you know repurposing content too. I think that's another thing that they get intimidated by is to see you know people are doing video and they're doing podcasting and then, oh my god, how am I going to think of all this stuff? And really. Finding a, you know, a piece or two of kind of foundational content that really tells your story and sets you apart. I mean, it's not that hard to turn that into eight or ten applications, is it? Absolutely not. And in fact, you know, this podcast we're recording right now, um, a transcript of this could easily be turned into you know, multiple blog posts with very little editing. Um, in fact, one thing that I'm doing right now with. Uh, uh, the owner of a um, uh, clinic for weight loss is he instead of just writing his blog, what we're doing is every week I interview him about his own business as if we're doing a podcast episode, and then I can write the blog post using a transcript of that so that it's in his own voice. But you know, thinking forward and thinking ahead. We're saving the recordings of those so that if any time in the future he wants to start a podcast, he's already got all the podcast episodes ready to go. That's great. You know, that's a, such a great uh, technique, too, for people that find it hard to sit down and type on a blank screen. But, boy, you ask them a question or two and they won't shut up. And, and so I think that that uh, sometimes can be a great way to extract content from somebody. We already talked about uh, the the obvious, put your name and uh, address on your website, but what are some of the other kind of must-have considerations for you know, a website now that even for local businesses has become maybe the hub of their business? Well, I think um, it, in so many ways, they, yes, the, na the NAP, right? The name, address, and phone number is absolutely critical to be on a site so that you can be found. Um, you know, unlike clients, uh, Kevin's client that he that he mentioned earlier, I think it's also really important if you have multiple locations to create a unique page within your site for each location that also helps drive that that local content. I think it's or that lo those local search results. I think it's also critical to take into to account your community and your surrounding neighborhoods when you're developing content. Right, write something unique to the neighborhood you're in. Write something unique to the to community interests or a cause that you may invo be involved with and that will really over time if you're consistent with it 
will really help with your search rankings. And and don't forget to ask your customers for reviews. I mean, it's just so important to to manage that reputation online and five star reviews and and thumbs up reviews and great reviews on Google Plus and Facebook will really help drive um, will really help drive leads and new business into your store. Yeah, and I think it's also a great uh, trust factor. Any any more, you know, we. You know, we, we tend to not believe advertising. We tend to not believe a lot of stuff that, that somebody is telling us about themselves. But we are more likely to believe that five-star review, even from a perfect stranger. Uh, so I, I think they've become – they certainly are a necessary element in, in the search game. But I think they've become a, a real important trust signal as well. One thing I'd add as far as critical elements of a website, uh, you know, sure – your listeners are well aware of uh, the latest changes to Google's algorithm by the time this podcast comes out. But you know, the bottom line is if your website is not mobile-friendly, mm-hmm. it's going to be more and more difficult for you to rank in search results. And so just go ahead and bite the bullet. Uh, if your you know, website isn't mobile-friendly right now, get a redesign that's responsive and that conforms to the latest uh, you know, best, best practices in that regard so that you won't be slapped by future updates from Google. Well, and, and we talked about our, already, I think Mark mentioned the idea, you know, so many people locally, when they're looking for a business, that's that's what they're using to search. So, you know, even if it weren't for the uh, the fact that Google was was now not going to show your site, I mean, it just does, it makes such a bad experience for that person that's on a phone anyway. Yeah, I've had a, um, a, a new client, we're redesigning their website specifically because of that issue. She, uh, it's a veterinary clinic and they have good search rankings. They're actually pretty good marketers and have a successful business, but 40% of their traffic was mobile. And the, the latest, um, Google updates have, have really punished their traffic. And yeah. so we're, you know, and there's really no way to get around that other than to rebuild your site in a mobile responsive design. You just have to, to, to bite the bullet and, and go for it. So now I've got my lovely website up and it's mobile friendly and uh, it's got great content. How do I get people to visit? Well, I think the the, uh, the first thing is making sure that when it is built, it's built with all the um, proper elements of you know, SEO best practices in right. place. So making sure that keyword rich content, um, you know, the and the, the coding is done correctly and all that. So that's step one. Mm-hmm. And then step two is just uh, taking. You know the idea that you you know preach John about the total online presence where you incorporate your social media, your email marketing, your online advertising, your ratings and review sites and directory listings, and have that all you know working with each other and all pointing back and driving traffic to your website yeah and then it, and then it's you know plain old networking too right in the local community get you know working with other businesses, getting links from other businesses, posting content other places that point back to your site. Yeah, and, and we joke in the book that uh, you know um, some of the you know we talked about the idea of backlinks and how you you know you can get links from authoritative sites like your local chamber of commerce right. and to your local BNI chapter. And in other words, you know some of those organizations are things that you probably need to be doing anyway. And this idea of getting traffic to your website is just even more incentive for you to be participating in your community. So. You mentioned a couple elements of, of search engine optimization. Are there any um, particular elements for local search? So, in other words, you know, for that local business, are there some things that are very unique to that local business to show up when I'm in my in that town searching for whatever you sell? 
I think what I've seen with my clients is um, reviews tend to be very, very important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and I work with my clients as a part of, of what they're doing. And we talk about it in the book that when a customer has had a, a good experience, you know, work with them to get that email address and ask them for reviews, right? You know, take a take five minutes and or take 30 seconds and give us a quick review on Google Plus or on Facebook. And that really will help boost up your traffic as, as folks are searching for your business in the in that mobile environment. It's also an insurance policy because, let's face it, the uh, customer who has a bad experience with your business is going to be much, much more motivated to go online and leave a negative review than the one who has a good experience. That's just the ugly truth of it. Yeah. So if you know, you may, might say, well, you know, I don't have any negative reviews, so I'm not that worried about it. But when you get one, you're going to be worried about it. So why not go out and get you know, 5 or 10 or 15 or 50 positive reviews so that when that negative review does happen, which it will if you're in business long enough, um, then it's just you know not really that big of a deal um, because it's buried by all the positive reviews. So, you know, getting reviews, optimizing your site, writing content, all these things that work over time, you know, do take time. Um, can't you just buy traffic? <laughs> not if you don't want to get punished. Um, I think there was there was probably a time not that long ago where uh, the 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 black hat SEO guys, if you will. Well, no, I'm not, I'm I'm talking about you know legitimate ways of buying traffic, meaning pay per click advertising. I mean, oh, the, okay. you, you know, you probably get surely you get some clients over time to say that maybe they've got more money than time or patience, um, and feel like, hey, why don't we just dive into Google AdWords? What what what's wrong with that thinking? Well, it, it for one, if you don't know what you're doing, it can get really expensive really, really fast without with very low conversions. Um, I think if you've got a good website and a good strategy and a good landing page and someone who really understands pay-per-click marketing that you're working with, you can start dipping your toes into pay-per-click pretty quickly and generate some decent results. I know um, two of our co-authors, both Phil Singleton and Justin Sturgis, use that very often with their with their clients and they and use it very successfully but I've, I've seen it happen time after time somebody thinks they just put in a a, um, a credit card to google into adwords and traffic's going to start pouring in and sometimes traffic does pour in but none of it converts yeah right if you don't have a good landing page and a good clear call to action and offer for what somebody's yeah. going to get you'll spend a lot of money really fast yeah i would i would say that uh you know AdWords or any other form of pay-per-click advertising, even though it might get traffic to your site quickly, is not a short-term proposition either. Because even just to do a a basic test of whether uh, a landing page or a campaign is going to be successful, um, you know, I think at least one to two months minimum would be required, depending on your traffic volume and the area you're targeting. You know, so uh, I, I see business owners who will. You know, do it for a couple of weeks or a month and not be satisfied with the results and give up. But they don't even have a statistically valid sample in order to judge whether or not it would have been successful. Yeah, and I think you both alluded a little bit to this idea of, of you know, conversion. I mean, obviously, once you know if you get X traffic, you will get X you know, result, um, I, you know, then, then many cases you can afford to say, okay, let's go, let's go buy all that traffic up because we know what it's worth to us. Um, but, uh, how, how would you, you know, what are some of the ways that you would recommend to know what's working and not working? I mean, I think, I think typical small business, uh, even if they're feel like their revenue is good in many cases, they don't really know what's 
driving it. <laughs> um, so, you know, how, how do you how do you find out? How do you measure what's working and not working online? Well, I think the the first thing, John, is to make sure that you um, have a method in place for tracking it and are uh, looking at that on a regular basis, whether you or you know the person you're outsourcing your marketing to. So, you know, analytics are hugely important, and with, with online online anything really there's no excuse not to be tracking it well because the tools are there they're available most of them are free so so that's step one i think the other part too is um you know once you've got google analytics up running and on and in the social world you can see how much engagement you're getting you've got to you've got to dedicate some time to actually analyzing what that means and where your new customers came from and understanding your cost to acquire i one of my clients right now is a is a software and and data company uh here in arkansas where i'm located and we spend an hour a month going over all of the month's analytics and it's not it's eventually the conversation moves from how many likes did we get or how many shares did we get to okay how many of those shares turned into somebody that wanted to see a demo or wanted to um, try a free trial of our product and the same thing applies to to local business to consumer businesses as well how many fee- people are converting from all the tactics that you're using and then you get down to a cost to acquire and you begin to understand what the lifetime value of that relationship is yeah, and I think so often people are, and I mean, I'm guilty of this. Uh, you know, you're you're very traffic driven, uh, but uh, uh, you know, as a metric, you know, have understanding what you started to talk about. What are some of the goals of that traffic? What are we trying to get them to do? <laughs> you know, even if it's how many of them are signing up for a newsletter when they come here, or or converting to you know to signing up for our webinar. And I think uh, too often, all you know, all people think about is traffic and sale and there are a lot of goals or steps you know along that that journey uh in between that that can and should be measured right and i think it's important with the local businesses to really understand what what you've got with your existing customer base i mean that can really be you know probably is your most valuable asset in the company in terms of helping folks you've already converted to convert others right so um you know we really encourage all of our clients to you know work with your customer base make sure they have a wonderful experience and turn into those referral you know those referral partners for you so uh, the final question and we'll wrap up i know you guys have some resources that you want to share uh, along with uh, the the site for the book uh, but uh, what what and i know you both get this question all the time you know what ultimately is the role of social media in local lead generation well john i think number one is uh it the first principle of social media and if we jokingly talk about this in the book is to do no harm so you know for a for a local business that uh is you know pressed for time and who thinks you know that i have to be on social media so they go and set up their facebook page and their twitter account and their google plus and all the other uh places that they want to be and then they post one or two things and then stop it is actually hurting that business because when someone goes on your facebook page and sees that the last post there is happy thanksgiving 2012 uh it's what we call the social media ghost town effect and it makes people wonder is this business even open you know do do they respond to requests so number one if you're going to have a profile on a social media platform you got to post regularly And, and number two is the purpose of social media is really to have conversations with your customers it's not someplace where you you know you post your ads and just kind of like you'd put an ad in the newspaper, you know, take the same ad and put it on your Facebook page. You want to be using it to, you know, start 
maybe start a Facebook group for your customers or um, you know, use it to solicit uh, feedback or, or something. You, it's all about having a conversation, not about pushing out a marketing message. Yeah, and I think that's a great, uh, a great point. I mean, I've often told people that say, I just don't have time for social media. Do something, find some way to serve your customers using it, just as you mentioned, like a group or something on Facebook or following them, you know, on Twitter, making a Twitter list of them and at least, you know, checking in once a day and seeing what your customers are saying. I mean, you, you could find that valuable, couldn't you? And I think a lot of times you're, you're right. Uh, people get caught up in, oh, if I'm on Twitter, it means I have to say something witty 12 times a day. Um, and, it, and it certainly can have value without you saying a thing. Well, and I think uh, you touched on something really important there, John, which is so much of the time it can start with just listening first, right? Because yeah. even if you're not active in the conversation and you haven't set up your properties, your business and the needs you're trying to solve are absolutely being discussed. Um, a, a, an example I see every day, and it makes me think of this in my business all the time, is my neighborhood has a Facebook group, You know, just all the houses in my neighborhood. And nine out of ten posts, other than somebody's dog is lost, are – who knows a good roofer, good yeah. electrician, yeah. good plumber, good whatever. Name the service that you'd like. And that stuff is a gold mine as a lead generation tool. And while you can't actively you know, necessarily advertise on those groups, people are talking about and the kinds of needs that your business solves out there. And, you, and you've got to be willing to listen and, and dive into that conversation. I was working with a group of uh, chiropractors, um, not chiropractors, um, orthodontist um, that uh, um, and I was giving a presentation on social media and was told that the group was very kind of leery of the the impact of it and so I went and found uh, without much work found about a dozen pictures of young women who had just gotten their braces off raving about how you know beautiful they feel now that you know and thanks to their orthodontist and in most all cases didn't mention the orthodontist right you know and and i you know i showed them i said would this be a marketing opportunity for you if had you seen that your customer is raving about this and in a couple of cases they did mention the orthodontist but you know out there into you know no man's land because the 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 orthodontist wasn't doing what you just talked about and and missed in my opinion a, a tremendous opportunity to say, "Hey, you were a great patient," and have all of those, you know, all of that young lady's uh, friends and followers know that uh, their orthodontist, you know, cared in a moment that was obviously pretty important to that young lady. Well, and and you're right. And what if you're the one orthodontist in that town who's really figured that out? Exactly. You're gonna be miles ahead of your competition. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a great demonstration. So. Uh, LocalLeadGenBook.com is yes. uh, where you guys have set up shop for the book. And you, you want to tell us about uh, um, some resources that you have there? Because I know you mentioned them throughout the book. And then also I think you have a, a special offer for the launch. Yeah, absolutely. The, the resources page we've put together is still a work in progress. But as we get closer to launch, we're adding more and more links to um, each chapter. So for each chapter in the book, we've put links to the uh, resources that we mentioned in the book and um, articles that have more uh, content, especially the chapters on uh, SEO and pay-per-click. And by the way, uh, it's really, really difficult to describe what an anchor text link is uh, in a printed book. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> so, right. So um, you have to experience online, yeah. right? Yeah. So for things like that, you know, we've got additional resources on the website that uh, people can use to help them. And then we've also put together a uh, what we feel is a really great bonus package for people who uh, 
buy the book and come to the site and provide a proof of purchase. So we've got a bonus chapter on video marketing, which um, I think is becoming more and more important even for local businesses. We've got a downloadable template for creating your marketing kit, uh, video interviews with all the authors. Uh, what else have we got, Mark? I'm, Don't no, forget I'm the ebook. We've got a we oh. put an ebook out there with 66 lead generation tactics and tips that, that you get for free if when you go to the the purchase uh, link on localleadgenbook.com. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, obviously, uh, you, you're in the duct tape marketing network, so uh, I will. Uh, I'll see both of you uh, probably sooner than later. But congratulations on the book, and uh, obviously, uh, local businesses this is information you need, and it uh, is in a very digestible uh, format. And uh, great job. Thank you. Thanks, John. And I want to uh, finish up with one more uh, quick story. I don't know if you remember, but the first time that I met you was after you gave a speech at our local small business development center, and I walked up to you and asked you to sign my book. Uh, that was the, refer the referral engine book. You had told me at that point that in less than three years, you would be writing the foreword for a book that I wrote. I would have told you that you are absolutely crazy. But <laughs> here we are, and uh, it's happening. And you know, you've given us a lot of support, not only with the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network, but just... Um, and you know, resources and uh, you know, access to the other other things that we need. So uh, thank you very much for well, that. Well, you're welcome. Now the, uh, the the need for what we do is immense, guys. So uh, you know, it's a lot of fun doing this. Um, I do remember that, Kevin. By the way, I um, I had the, the 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 nearest town that had an airport. I think it was about a hundred miles. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's how that's how small we're getting. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, John.